2: Good afternoon, Bay Area. Bob Bergman here, broadcasting from my office in San Jose in the Cambrian Park neighborhood. In um, basically about one month's time, my uh, I will be actually broadcasting. Actually, now that I look here, I'll be broadcasting in my new office in the Cambrian Park area. I'm literally moving from Suite 308 at 3535 Ross Avenue in San Jose, to Suite 200 at 3535 Ross Avenue in San Jose. It's the other building. Uh, If you've ever been here before or know the the buildings, it's actually two buildings. And I will be in Building 1, which is the one that fronts on Ross Avenue, instead of Building 2, which is the one that is set back further from Ross Avenue. Uh, My official start date in my new office is August 1st, but I might be moving over before that time and starting to meet people before that time. Now, speaking of my new office, one of the first things I'm going to be doing in my new office is having two of my estate planning workshops back to back on Saturday morning, August 6th. The first one will be at 9 a.m. till about 10.15 a.m. The second one will start at 10.45 a.m. and go till about 12 noon. You can register um, for one of the spaces available at these workshops by going to lawbob.com, my website, and clicking on the link that appears on the first page. Now, the, the link... Will actually, indicate on it, um, will actually indicate on it the following. Uh, if you look at the link, it will say, let's see, Upcoming Workshops and Seminars. If you click on that button on the first page of my website, it will take you to another page of the website where you can scroll down and look at the upcoming workshops both now and in the future Uh, the ones that are coming up and any ones that I have in the future and you'll see details there and at the bottom of that page buttons where you can register for the workshop space is limited I believe I've limited it to 18 attendees per workshop and I've set it up so that there's basically a half an hour time between the end of the first workshop uh, and the beginning of the second workshop to give time for people to maybe get a few questions answered and then um, clear out while the new people arrive for the second workshop of the morning. You can also go to eventbrite.com and search for estate planning workshop on August 6th and you'll find Uh, registration there as well but if you go through my website that's faster because you click there it'll take you right into Eventbrite so you can register. So uh, please feel free to register at any time. It is open right now. I did have one person register from my show last Friday and I would like to fill up both of these workshops if at all possible. Um, The workshops focus on planning priorities, estate planning priorities. In other words, instead of being one of the traditional living trust workshops that you may have gone to that I used to give dozens and dozens of uh, of in the past, I'm not going to be covering what's a living trust, what's a will, what's probate, what's conservatorship, what's guardianship, all those kinds of things that are often done in workshops or seminars like this. Instead, I'm going to be going through a special quiz that is designed specifically to have you think about questions in your own family situation and estate planning issues that you may have considered before or you may not have considered before. And the purpose is to give you a sense by the end of the workshop what things are important to you. And what things may need to be addressed when you do estate planning. Whether you do estate planning with me or through someone else. Or try to do it on your own, which is not recommended by the way. You will be better equipped to face into estate planning if you uh, come to the workshop. Uh, Workshop is free. That means literally no charge for the workshop. And I hand out some very useful materials at the workshop that are also free uh, that I invite people to uh, utilize in uh, helping them decide what kind of planning they should do and maybe who who should they work with to do their planning for them, to do their estate plan for them. Now, I am going to start my usual format today, which is uh, my usual format for the show, which is going through various questions and comments from around the state of California, and uh, I'm going to also at some point open up the, um, the phone lines so that people can call in if they have any questions that they would like to ask me. On the air. One of the things I do enjoy is having people uh, call into my office and actually ask me questions that would be um, useful for them to have answered. And sometimes the questions are very specific, sometimes they go right to situations that are being faced by a lot of different people. So I want you to note down. The telephone number, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. And um, I'm going to let my engineer know right now. Let's open up the phone lines right now if someone wants to actually call in. That's 800-516-1220. I'm going to start the usual part of the show now. And if someone calls in, We'll talk with them on the air. Okay, so here is uh, a question out of San Diego, California. And the person says, I own a rental property, but for the past 30 years, I've let my adult son, now deceased, live at this property, and then my grandchildren live at this property. I've not actually collected rent in 30 years. My name is on all the utility bills and everything. In my estate plan, I want to leave this property to my grandchildren, but I want them to be able to keep my Proposition 13 property taxes. I recall they can't do that for rental property. This is under Proposition 19. How can I change this to be family-owned property so my grandchildren do not get a due tax tax? Assessment? Well, first of all, there's really no such category as family owned property. The only possible way that this could be passed on to the children is if this grandparent moved into the property, occupied it as their own personal residence, doing whatever San Diego County requires to establish that and then passes away leaving the property directly to the grandchildren but even there that may not avoid a reassessment of the property taxes because there's very special rules in place when you're leaving property to grandchildren and uh, and we're not really clear yet whether or not those rules will actually apply with a transfer of a personal residence to grandchildren, there's some other requirements, uh, such as that the the mother of the grandchildren can either has to be deceased as well, or had to have been divorced from the father, who is the son who died, or had remarried since the son died. Um, in order for there to be a direct connection between the grandparent and the grandchildren. It's a complicated issue. It's certainly nothing that can be explicitly answered on a radio show in a couple of minutes. This person will need to consult down in San Diego with an estate planning attorney that understands the property tax rules and specifically the issues surrounding Proposition 19. Um, It may also be that Proposition 193, which dealt with grandparent to to grandchildren transfers, is actually no longer in effect anymore, so there may be no way to solve this issue. We're coming up on the first break of the show today. When I come back, we'll continue with more Plan Your Estate Radio. This is attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll see you on the other side of the break.
1: This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Hi, welcome back. In this second segment of the show today, I'm going to cover more questions and comments from around the state of California. So let me jump right in. Out of Camarillo, California... We have a question here. A person says, my mother and I are listed on a home deed as tenants in common. My mother died several years ago, and now I want to put the deed in my living trust, but was told I had to remove her name first. I need to know what is required and where to purchase the correct forms. The home is in California. All right. First of all, there's no place to purchase the correct forms. If the property was owned as tenants in common in California, uh, and the mother was one of the owners and she has died, that means the mother's name is still on the title. And because it's real estate, we're probably looking at having to file a probate in the county where mom lived. If mom had a will that says, I leave everything to this child, then that means the child will end up with mom's half of the property. If mom had a will and there's more than one child and it said, I give everything to my children equally, or if mom had no will at all and died what we call intestate, meaning She had no last will and testament and had more than one child uh, or maybe even had uh, another child who died but had children, meaning grandchildren, then that means when you go through the probate, we're likely to find out that mom's share of the property actually is divided between more than one person. There's no way to tell from the question just what the actual situation is. But I can say with certainty that this person is going to have to put mom's estate through the probate process. It's been several years. Um, I don't know why someone decided to wait several years before doing anything about this, but people do that sometimes probably thought it would be as easy as getting a few forms uh, from the court and filing a few forms, and now the house is mine. It doesn't work that way. This person's looking at a probate of mom's estate with all the expenses involved in the probate. Uh, It's likely going to uh, end up um, costing uh, thousands of dollars to get the title cleared out of mom's name into this person's name so they can put it in, I guess, into the trust that they just set up. And I would think if they're working with an attorney helping them set up the trust, the attorney would be able to advise them just what needs to be done. Okay, out of Monrovia, California, someone asks this question based on this situation. My house is in my name. And I would like to make sure it passes to my husband in my will or trust if that's the better way to do this. I would also like to specify that after my husband passes, it should go to my niece. Is there a way to word this? Well, first of all, you're talking about a trust. Putting it in trust for the husband, for the husband's lifetime, basically an occupancy right. Uh, There's no specific way to word that, but you do need to deal with a lot of issues in a trust like that. For example, if this person's husband gets to occupy the property for his lifetime until he dies, then the question is, who pays the taxes? Who pays the insurance on the property? Who pays for the utilities, who pays for the maintenance of the property? Um, what happens if the property has a major maintenance problem that needs a new sewer line or it needs a water heater replaced or a new roof put on or any number of things like that? Who pays for that? This is a very complicated situation. It can be done, but someone needs to understand there's just not, quote, a way to word this you have to have a very, very explicit trust that spells out all kinds of things in it and goes into a lot of detail about this occupancy right for the husband. Um, and the so, um, I'm saying I've done this kind of thing before, and there's a lot of issues that people would never even dream of that are actually issues when you do something like this. Um, the about the only thing we can say is that if the property is left in trust for the husband, it's likely to not trigger a reassessment of the property taxes because of a an interspousal transfer exclusion. Uh, but and then would be reassessed when it ultimately gets passed on to the niece. But there probably should also be provisions that say at any time the husband could decide that he's going to move out of the house, and at that point it passes to the niece. Or if the husband is involuntarily um, removed from the house, uh, such as uh, goes to jail, then the house is released to the niece. Or if the husband moves out of the house and has to go into a nursing home and is not returning, that the house goes to the niece. There's a lot of issues that need to be discussed and a lot of things to sort out in a situation like this. So I would recommend for this person, they really need a good estate planning attorney that knows how to put together the provisions to provide for this lifetime occupancy right for her husband. Okay. If a restated amendment states that I currently occupy the cottage, Can a trustee demand rent? This is from Mill Valley, California. Says my father wrote in a restated amendment done in 2018 that his intent with his cottage that is currently occupied by his daughter passes to her at his death. My father passed in November. My brother is the trustee and is demanding that I, the daughter, pay back rent to win. He became trustee February 2019. My father never had me pay rent before the restated amendment, and since he wrote that in the amendment is that a right to occupy, why would he have written that in the amendment in the first place? It's not real clear if this person's talking about themselves living there or if this person is the daughter. If they're the daughter and the father died, well, then the daughter's entitled to the cottage. If it's someone else other than the daughter that's occupying, um, then maybe rent is appropriate to be paid by that person uh, if they did not have any occupancy right at all, either stated in the trust amendment or otherwise. Not real clear from the details just what the situation is. We're coming up on the mid-show break. When we come back, I'll continue with more Plan Your Estate Radio This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, your host of Plan Your Estate Radio. I'll see you on the other side of the break.
1: This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: And welcome back to the third segment of our show today. Out of San Jose, California, which is, of course, where I'm broadcasting from right now, someone asked this question. Let me set up the situation. Person says, I bought my home before I met my husband. My name is on the title and the mortgage. However, we had a child, and we decided for me to be a stay-at-home mom and take care of running the home. From how I understand California loan, the home is now... 50% my husband's, regardless of title or mortgage, since his income goes to pay our bills, including the mortgage, taxes and insurance, utilities, all those things. Or is it less than 50% his? Let me pause right there. This is basically a family law question, but the general rule would be that even if it's still in your name, if your spouse is making payments towards maintaining that separate property, then from the moment that started, the spouse, at least theoretically, started getting a community property interest in the future appreciation of the property. The value of the property generally up to the time the spouse started making those contributions would still belong to the original owner spouse, but then going forward from that date The other spouse is acquiring a community property interest, um, at least uh, to the extent of the future growth. Now, this person's wondering how to determine what portion is now his. And if we do a trust, how to determine what I can leave to my children and what portion remains his. It's my children's childhood home, and I was planning to leave it to them when I'm gone. But I got remarried. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's the issue. This is a remarriage. The children would be the stepchildren of the new spouse. This is both a family law and estate planning situation. I think that uh, what I would advise this person is to uh, have to have the spouse get a family lawyer. Have this person get a family lawyer. And sort out now just what the ownership of this property is now, now and going forward in the future, so that this person has some certainty as to just what portion of the property is theirs and what portion may actually now belong to the spouse. Then they could have an estate plan that they do together that specifically characterizes what percentage is the share of the original owner spouse, and what percentage is the share of the remarriage spouse. Complicated situation, and I can guarantee that it happens a lot around the state. A lot of people remarry, they own properties, the new spouse comes in, starts making all the payments and things like that, and it really only becomes an issue if there is a subsequent divorce, but it can also be an issue like here where this person wants to know how much they can leave to their children. They want to make sure their children get their ownership in that property when they die. Okay. Out of San Pablo, California, person says, My parents, a married couple, Purchased a home many years ago, but we just found out the deed states that they were co-owners only instead of joint tenancy owners. My dad passed away many years ago. My mom just passed and left a trust assuming the property was hers. We're trying to sell the property, but there's a cloud on the title showing dad as still part owner. How do we remove dad's name from the title to clear it? Um, there are other family members who are not listed as beneficiary of the trust. Ooh, that's going to that's gonna create some issues right there. I can tell you that. Um, what you're probably talking about is a Hegstat petition, in, uh, in this case in Contra Costa County Court, because there are uh, family members, presumably children, other children who are not beneficiaries, they would have to be given notice of this petition. Um, don't know whether or not there's anybody who's going to contest this trust or not. But a Hegstat petition might very well be the way to uh, to go forward by asserting that the first spouse who died, the property would have passed to the surviving spouse, the mother. And then um, if her trust identifies the property in it as intended to be part of her trust, the court could order that it be in the trust. The issue is that if there are family members such as other children who were excluded from mom's trust, there may be a big old fight coming in this family over whether or not a Hegstat should be granted or whether or whether both mom's and dad's share of the property should instead go through probate. Now, if mom has a pour-over will that directs her share of property to go into her trust, the Hegstat might still be successful, but the court might say we want to have a probate first of the deceased father's half. So it passes into the mother's name so that then the Hegstat petition can get it into the trust. It's a big mess. Uh, I can tell you right now, it's going to take some time to sort through this, several months to sort through it between a probate and then the Hegstat petition, but it can be done. Okay. All right. Here's out of Los Angeles, someone's asking the question, what form do I use to notify beneficiaries of a trust because the owner of the trust has died? What form do I use under California law? Well, it's not so much a form as it is a section of the probate code. And the section of the probate code is section 15061.7 of the California, excuse me, 16061.7 of the California Probate Code. And uh, it requires a notice to be sent out to um, each beneficiary of the trust and uh, each heir of the deceased settler of the trust because there may be Heirs like immediate heirs like children that were not included as beneficiaries. Uh, And in some other cases, there might have to be uh, a notice to the attorney general of the state if there is a charity, one or more charities named as uh, beneficiaries of the trust. So this is uh, not a form so much As um, a notice that has to be sent out, it probably should be prepared by an attorney for this person. Um, I do this as a matter of course, when I do trust administration. So it is really um, something that is required. If it's not sent out, um, then you run the potential situation of having the trust not ever be cleared to make distributions to the beneficiaries. If there are people out there who would have objected to the trust, but they never got this notice. What the notice does is it actually gives the person, uh gives people basically 120 days, with some exceptions, in which to file some kind of complaint with the court, challenging the validity of the trust to maybe have the trust declared that it is not the um that it is not a proper trust. It was maybe obtained by fraud or duress or menace or any one of the reasons why a trust could be declared invalid. Um, But that is a notice that needs to go out to all the people who are entitled to receive it under the probate code. So that is something that um, would need to be done. Okay, out of Los Angeles, person said, My parents named me Beneficiary on a Trust. It states I would receive $100,000 on the sale of their home. They also decided to name their grandchildren as beneficiaries of their home. So the day came to sell, and I was expecting a set amount from the sale. Does this sound right? Yes. Uh, The person also asked, am I taxed for the money that I inherited? As a general rule, no, if it's truly an inheritance. And assuming that the $100,000 comes off the top, uh, there's not likely to be any tax on that at all. But you really need to consult with a tax advisor to make sure that's the case. Okay. Let's see, I'll skip that one till after the break. Uh, let's, let's see, we've got about a minute left in this uh, segment. I'm going to save that one too. Um, okay, well, I've got a number of here that are going to take more than a minute answer, and we got about a minute left. So what I'll do is just uh, urge you to stay tuned for the fourth and final segment of our show today. I probably have three more situations to cover um, that should be of interest because I know that they are not, um, they're not limited to the questions these people are raising. Uh, they're much broader questions than that. So we're going to come back after the break and finish out the show in the fourth segment. This is attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio, and I will finish up the show in a few minutes.
1: Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman.
2: Hi, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of our show today. Out of Escondido, California, a person has a question regarding a living trust drawn up years ago between father and stepmother. Father has since passed away, stepmother has no children. And uh, my father had uh, my brother and myself. The original living trust states that when both parents are deceased, the proceeds from the sale of the house is to be divided. The three beneficiaries are my brother, me, and my stepmother's nephew. My stepmother would now like to amend the trust. In the original trust, it was stated clearly that half of the value of the house when sold, was to be divided 75% for me and 25% for my brother. The other half of the proceeds would go to my stepmother's nephew. Are my father's wishes in the original trust protected, or can my stepmother change the whole thing, including my father's wishes for his children? The answer to the question has everything to do with how the trust was drafted and what it says happens to all of the property in the trust when the first spouse dies. If it just says everything goes to the surviving spouse and then there's the distribution plan when the surviving spouse dies, unless the trust explicitly states that the half of the property that belonged to the father is irrevocably assigned to pass to the father's children or that his half was put into what we call the bypass trust or a B trust and an AB marital trust, which I've talked about a number of times before, that's the only way to be assured that the father's children will receive their half of the property when their stepmother dies. If everything was just left to the stepmother with no restrictions of any kind so that she now owns it, there is literally nothing legally to stop her from changing the whole deal. And I warn people about this, that um, in a second marriage situation, you probably don't want to just leave everything outright to your spouse unless your spouse, the step-parent, Basically raised your children from little kids and and as and they're fully integrated in the family, and they consider your spouse to be their mother or father, and they consider your kids to be their kids. I mean, there are a lot of families like that, uh, but there's other families where the step parent stepchild relationship is shall we say less than good, and in a case like that, if you want to protect your own children you have to make sure that your estate plan protects them in very, very real ways. You can't just leave the property to the surviving spouse and hope that they'll do the right thing. In my experience, um, many times they don't do, quote, the right thing, and they change the whole distribution plan to favor their own family or their own children or maybe their own nephew as in this case right here. Now, this is an interesting one out of Chino, California. It says, Our lawyer went to court today for our Hextap petition, and it was not granted. <clears throat> we were told by our lawyer that the judge is requiring him to notify the mortgage company of my father's home before the judge will grant the petition. The court date was long awaited, And we're devastated because we need to sell my dad's house as soon as possible. Background. The title was in his trust. Then it was removed when he refinanced in December 2021. He passed away unexpectedly a few weeks later. And title wasn't put back in the trust. It was on his to-do list. We went to court with a Hegstat petition. And it's now been delayed. Our new court date isn't until November We're paying the mortgage. It's a hardship, and we need the money from the house sale. So uh, is the mortgage company a party of interest? Did the attorney drop the ball? And now we have to lose a few more months before we can get back into court and have this decided. Well, this is an interesting question because there are some probate courts in the state that consider that when you file unnoticed hearing like this, they consider a lender on the property to be an interested party in the property that somehow they have an interest in the property. Well, yeah, they have a promissory note secured by a deed of trust, but they don't have an interest in the property as an owner. Many more courts, court, most of the courts I deal with, don't consider the lender on a a, a mortgage on a property to actually be an interested party, and they don't require the lender to be given notice. Um, When I go in ex parte on on a matter like this, I I find that um, they're interested in who are the beneficiaries, who are the uh, maybe uh, children who were excluded, uh, who are the interested parties who would actually inherit some or all of the property that we're talking about, not the lender on a property. So the answer is it's going to be different depending what part of the state you bring a HECSTEP petition. It shouldn't be, but that's just a fact. Some counties care about it. Some counties don't care about it at all. Okay, so um, that's our show for today. I want to remind you I do have workshops coming up on August 6th. You can go to lawbob.com. Click on the button for seminars and workshops if you want to book a time. Until next Friday, this is Attorney Bob Bergman. You have a great weekend.
1: You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with Attorney Bob Bergman.
0: Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved.